did the monster. I'll tell you what, I hate magic right now, but all of the things that have happened in the past two weeks, I might be back into magic. Why is that? Because like Eternal Weekend means death and taxes are is back. This Commander Legends has actually got me excited because Commander is the only format that I give a fuck about right now. Like the end of October was just kind of built for me. Oh, I found my favorite. What is it? I'll tell you. Okay, I like this. I like this kind of you keeping secrets from me. I can't wait to see this. Well, let's get into it. I'm I'm excited to hear. <laughs> what is up, you O1 Cobalts? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, legendary creature human scumbag, Tyler. And joining me is my co-host, legendary creature boring dad, Matt. Matt, what is going on, dude? <laughs> Hashtag boring. I'm just living the dad life. You don't know. I would say I actually don't. (laughs) You are embracing the legendary creature boring dad lifestyle. I enjoy it. Oh, yeah, you can enjoy it, but you're still a boring fucking nerd. No, I think that actually is pretty exciting. It is. There's definitely boring, but... But that's, like, also in the same context of, like, I think being a fighter pilot would be exciting, but I'm not that either. (laughs) So... That, That is very true. It's like one of those grass is greener on the other side kind of things. So what's up, dude? Oh, you know, just uh, not focusing on magic at all. We are the uh, worst two people to have a magic podcast. I just want you to know that. Yeah, it's it's been pretty bad. Don't really pay attention. Like, you you have a good reason. Having a child is probably a good reason to, like, stop paying attention to magic. My it's excuse, not that I stop paying it, just that I'm not, like, on Twitter and constantly like, looking at shit. You're not, like, actively involved. Like, we yeah. have, like, our conversations that we have on occasion. And, like, we have the group messages that we're in and shit like that. But you're not, like, actively searching out of Magic or, like, actively playing games of Magic. Correct. Me, my only excuse was that I just don't like playing Magic anymore. <laughs> so I've just been playing Dungeons & Dragons. Well, it's not that you don't like playing Magic. It's, like, you just don't like where Magic is currently setting. Yeah, like, I've played a couple games of Commander here and there. The whole not having paper tournaments and not having a reason to, like, prep and get out there and do things, that it's is starting to have an actual impact on both my enjoyment of the game and, like, the frequency that I play it. Um, put on your tinfoil hat. Wizards knew it was coming. That's why they put were pushing Moto and Arena. The other client is yeah, Arena so much. Fucking tinfoil hat season. Let's go, baby. That's why actually my that's my Halloween uh, get up is person that thinks Wizards is the cause of coronavirus. Illuminati. Illuminati is Wizards of the Coast confirmed. You heard it here first. Well, as a government agent knocks on your door, <laughs> we got them, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is Halloween. The day that this is released is actually the exact day of Halloween. And I think a nice little tie into that is that we have two dead formats that have now come back to life. So that's either like a zombies Halloween theme or a Christmas theme where like Jesus or no, that's Easter. It's either an Easter or Halloween. Yeah, depending on your religious. Yeah, your denomination. We're going to go with Halloween because that's the one that we're actually in. But ooh, yeah. Get out the sheets, make we, your ghost costume. Cut the eye holes out. Just a real quick off topic. Well, not quite off topic. The one year we went to Columbus for Halloween, Kev was a blue ghost. He didn't have a white sheet, so he cut holes out of the blue <laughs> sheet, and he was a blue I ghost. I fucking love that! Just a fucking Argyle ghost with, like, fucking... <laughs> it was, like, sky blue sheets. Like, sky blue. I love that. Like, he just ran his fucking, his white costume through the wash with, like, a blue sock. And, like, that's yeah. what he has. No, we're talking about some spooky occurrences where previously dead formats are now alive and walking the earth. And that's all because Eternal Weekend, my dude. 
It uh, definitely threw me for a loop when I found out about that. And weirdly, I found out about it from you. I mean, I am kind of, in, I, I do have my pulse on the eternal community as far as legacy goes. And that kind of crosses over. There is a good amount of crossover with vintage in that. Yeah. But holy shit, man. Well, we missed the legacy one because we missed last week, but we do have data from legacy and vintage eternal weekend. And holy shit. I thought that these events would be successful. I would have never imagined them being this successful. So I'm just, let's just go over the quick and dirty and then we'll touch on it. And then we'll talk about the things that are actually cool and exciting like new cards. But for Uh, Legacy Eternal Weekend, which was two weekends ago, each weekend had three events. Legacy, the first event, had 531 people. The second event had 442 people. And the third event capped at 672 people. There were 672 people on a Sunday playing Legacy on Magic Online. Get that through your fucking head. That's insane. Which is wild. Yeah, definitely, definitely wild. And like the marquee decks at least the first event was won by snowco surprise surprise the second event the rise of the king the goat is back death and taxes won that one and the third event was won by elves yeah you and i talked about this and i really think it was just yeah if you want to look at the data about it uh the best place i think i think for looking at this stuff up is the breakdowns that Goldfish has. They have a legacy one and a vintage one where they kind of break down each event and the top 16s and go over some of the decks. Like the elves, the one that the elves player won, the finals was elves and oops all spells. It's literally just fast combo deck versus fast combo. That is the craziest finals. Yeah, that's a quick finals. Yeah, that probably took like 15 minutes total. But you, we haven't seen something like that in a long ass time. But I think, like, regardless of the decks, like, Death and Taxes was the one of the most well-represented decks and one of the most successful decks on the weekend, which tickles me, and that warms my cold, cold heart. But just beyond that, like, the number of players that participated in these events blows my mind. That actually did surprise me um, at first, and then once you actually think about it, um, if you think about Eternal Weekend, it's generally held in Pittsburgh, PA. And then somewhere in Europe, only fucking France or wherever. Um, or they do have some in as well. Yeah, they um, usually they do imagine, three events a year. They do like the European everyone, one, this one, and then the Asian one. Well, not everyone, but do you know what the majority of people can do? They can sign up. Not oh, everyone can afford to fly to a different country or across the across the United States to play. That's very so true. I think I think that's really, really what people are like, oh, fuck, no one ever gets to play Legacy. Well, now a shitload of be playing Legacy. And I can do it in my boxers at home. That's very true. And additionally, if you signed up for this event, you got a God account on Magic Online where you could play literally any card you wanted in any of these decks. I think that went a long way to get more players in. Oh, yeah. People who might... Um, and even online, they're not ridiculously expensive. Um, just having access, like literally free access. Someone who never plays Legacy could have played just by signing. Well, hell, even me, like my Legacy death and taxes list that I have online, if I'm ever playing Surgical Extraction like or want to play Surgical Extraction, I don't play it online because that card is disgustingly expensive online and I'm not paying the money for it. So I just play Fairy Macabre in its place. But if I went and played this event... I would have just been able to actually play that copy of Surgical Extraction that I would want to play. Yeah, that's a fair point, too. You don't have to sacrifice slots for not wanting to pay $30 for ones and zeros. Absolutely, which is, I think, a huge boon. But 
to move off a legacy into the vintage one, because these numbers are also pretty staggering. The first well, event, this, I think, goes to say more about the god. Absolutely. But yeah, this one, the first event for the Vintage Eternal Weekend had 252 players. The second had 391 players. And the third had 427 players. It's wild. Yeah, the first one was won by Bug Midrange. The second by Dredge. And the third one by Doomsday Combo. Yeah, I'm so happy. Oh, from what I've heard from like people in the know in Vintage... Doomsday is the best deck in the format right now. Well, do you know why? Because it's good. But why is it so much better than... Oh, I don't know what, like, what makes it much better. Like, at least currently, right now. The, the Merfolk. Oh, uh, Thassa's Oracle. Oracle. Yeah, Thassa's Oracle is a hell of a card, man. Yeah, and that just makes it stupid. It takes, like, the puzzle out of Doomsday. I mean, yes and no. Like, you still have to be able to play that deck well in order for you to be able to go off. There, It's, like, easy, though. It's not... Like it used to be, you had to think of these crazy lines, what five cards you needed to win. This is just, oh, this protection draw, protection, you're good. I mean, but isn't that just the case with a lot of other decks concerning new cards that have been printed? Like, par- you could say the same about Paradoxical Outcome, where that kind of built its own deck and that deck was kind of on easy mode. And then Breach came out and Breach was a vintage, it's still a vintage deck. Breach? Not just, yeah, Underworld Breach. Oh, the Underworld Breach. No, there was, there was plenty of people who played that deck. Sure, people played it. It's just not to the level of the pillars. I sh- well, I think Doomsday is now the combo pillar in Vintage. But it's just, yeah, it's just regardless of what decks win, these formats don't see shakeups typically. Recently, I guess, more so than normal they have because of the power level of cards have been, that have been printed. Yeah, they just went wild with it. Which maybe that's that's the Eternal formats moving forward. And that might be, honestly... That might be a plus for these formats moving forward. If they keep changing and adding new cards, if people really latch onto these new really powerful cards and see that like, oh, I can play Oko in Euro in Legacy. Maybe I'll try that out. And they try it out on online and then they get hooked and get really deep into Legacy. I think that's a net positive. Even if you don't think those cards are a net positive for the format. Bringing people into older format is never bad. That is the net positive. I saw where you were going with but I guess it remains to be seen. I am just happy that both of those formats had very successful weekends. A lot of it That's is due to the fact of the God accounts. Event every year. I love it. Yeah, it, it hurts my soul happy. that we couldn't actually participate in it in person and meet like people from not even just the the legacy and vintage community, but even people from our like community. Yeah, I, I've met a couple like a good handful of people at different legacy events, like Eternal Weekend last year, the SCG event that we went that. Like, they're part of the Fetch and Chalk community. And I didn't get to see any of them, and that's kind of a fucking bummer. Yeah, that's a pretty big bummer. But maybe someday we will have paper events again. And you know what I will fucking do at paper events? I might actually not play main events ever again, because if I know people that are going, I'm just going to go jam commander games with just homies from the Fetch and Chalk community. Yeah, I don't think I'd be playing with that shit, how I live my life. Matt, how could, like, you, how could you not play Commander with all of these sweet Commander Legends cards that are coming uh, out? Damn. That was a very good one. Your fucking boy is back. I always just set it up, and, and that's not intentional. Make that very clear. No, you were like, you're just tossing me the pass, and I'm just like, it's just, I'm just cradling. Yeah. yeah Commander so, Legends, Matt. Um, we have our first full week of spoilers. The set was delayed. But now we're in. The year of endless spoilers has continued. 
And let me tell you something. This set is not short on powerful cards. Definitely not. Definitely a couple good reprints, some crazy, crazy. But let's start out with, uh, let's just go through it with, with colors. We're not going to talk about oh. every card. We'll just talk about cards that we deem notable. And I think for once, there are really not any white cards that I give a shit about. Uh, new Wrath of God. Oh, no, that's a reprint. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look like anything too crazy. No, there's a new Wrath. Are you talking about Slash of Ranks? Uh, it says it's a reprint. No, that is just oh solely from Commander Legends. That's a new card. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. So five mana, three white ones. Destroy all creatures, planeswalkers, except for Commander. Pretty cool. Talk Different. about a fucking auto-include in any, like, equipment Voltron-style deck. Yep. Just wrath the board and then just be able to attack with your commander with all of your fancy doodads on it. That is a powerhouse card. Absolutely. Uh, There's another really good white card in here. Did not mention Archon of Coronation. The White Mythic. I do actually really like this card. Yeah, the fucking monarch that you just don't lose life or damage. You don't get dealt damage. That's wild. Yeah. That's what's no, up. Lose life. It's lose life. You don't lose life. So like you take damage, but it is net zero. So you still lose the monarchy if somebody attacks you and like yeah. hits you. That's worded very well. Sure. That... Also, can we just mention one thing that I don't I, I don't care about any other mechanic. Monarch is the single best mechanic for commander ever. There's Good, not another we... one. Ever. Every time we play Commander, it's just the Monarch starts in. Yeah, that's just how, that's like house rule. And that's how Other it should be. Other than that, there wasn't uh, too many white that really pop. There are two other white cards that I saw that I was particularly pleased about. I like... Let me with some knowledge here, bud. I like Court of Grace, just continuing on the Monarch train. One Monarch, best Commander mechanic, not even kind of close. I'm so happy that they worked it in. And this one is particularly cool because you get Angel. Oh, shit. Yeah, I see that thing. Did not see that before. Yeah. Picard, not the second. And in white decks particularly, I think that is where becoming the Monarch and keeping the Monarch gains the most power because you get the additional card draw. Plus, you have the board to be able to stop people from dealing you damage, ensuring that you maintain the pretty pretty princess role yeah yeah that thing's pretty good and keeping the monarch and getting a four four because of it is so sick i'm so glad that these all of these because there's a cycle of the courts there's one for each color i'm so glad that they have a like they have still have relevant abilities if you're not the monarch it's just so significantly better if you are oh yeah absolutely that's always it gives incentive absolutely which i mean the monarch already does that yeah, it gives additional, I guess, but is it's the, the fact that it gives right it term. more is much cooler. Yeah. I also like Seraphic Greatsword that just Love turn a creature into Geist of St. Trapped. I'm a big fan of shit like that because, as you know, and I'm sure people who are listening know, Geist of St. Trapped, one of my all-time favorite cards. So just being an equipment, oh, it just artifact. gives, yeah, it's one and a white. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and then when it attacks, you create a 4-4 four, four attacking angel. It's actually better than Geist because it turns something into at least an a two three. Oh yeah, it but like it literally just puts Geist on the back of whatever you're equipping it to. Like Geist yeah. is a two two. That, that is pretty cool. Gives it a plus two. Like the flavor in that card is so sick. I wish they could have tied more in 
to like actual geist with that card. I don't know how the flavor would have worked exactly. Like I'm trying to think of a better way to do it. Maybe like Geist of St. Traft handing some a sword or something. I don't know. Like even in the art, that would have been so sick. Like somebody being knighted by Geist of St. Traft and like there's focusing on the sword. Like you can see like the hand of the sword is held by a ghostly figure. And then like the shoulders that are being knighted are a human or just some other creature. And the sword is the yeah. focal point. That would have been perfect. That would have been pretty cool. But fuck it, I'll take what I can get. Like, that's kind of the overarching theme of this set, too. There are so many cards that I am in love with, but I can still find one thing about them that is just so obvious that I can nitpick. There's like seven different cards in this set that I have that exact feeling toward. That's kind of wild. But so, let's move on to some blue uh, anything, cards. I was about to say anything else in white or no? No, I think bl blue is the next one because I have some fucking problems with blue in this set. What is that? I just got done saying about how good the Monarch mechanic is. The one color that should never, ever, ever have the ability to give you Monarch it is blue. They gave multiple cards in blue Monarch in this set. And both of the cards that I'm thinking of are going to be format all-stars. Um, let me go ahead and point out Court of... Court of Cunning is my frontrunner for most powerful card in this set. Not in Commander. Oh yeah, this is going to be Legacy Rocks. Yeah, this is just going to be a mainstay in Legacy until the end of time. This is a quick, very, very quick win condition for a control deck. Absolutely. It Yeah, one blue-blue enchantment enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, any number of target players mills two. If you are the Monarch, they mill ten instead. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Very important to notice that that says any players so you can just be like i'm gonna make you mill the thing and i'm gonna make me mill the thing yeah, so that feels like your euros be, your yeah, other graveyard shenanigans about to say, it's not only a win condition control decks but it can just give you tons of food or dig up uh, an uro and like just the fact that blue has access to something like this now like they could just play this on four or on three i could easily see this becoming vintage playable as well Absolutely, especially with the ability to power it out. Yeah, it's not hard to have two mocks and with counter backup and Absolutely. then refill your hand. That just speaks to the in just the inherent power level of Monarch, especially in a 1v1 format. Like, Monarch is built for multiplayer, but because these cards are legal in Legacy and Vintage, you have the capability of playing these. We saw this in Palace Jailer. Palace Jailer without the Monarch is not a very good card. But no, when you get to... Get be the monarch and just draw additional cards until your opponent does something about it is fucking gross. Yeah, absolutely it is. Another monarch card that is now another format staple, Fall from Favor, the newest addition to Popper. Two and a blue, enchant creature. Whenever Fall from Favor enters the battlefield, tap enchanted creature and you become the monarch. Enchanted creature does not untap during its controller's untap step unless that player is. Yeah, there is a common. I just forget that that's a... Oh, that they're just they're just printing disgusting cards for Popper? Yeah, there are literally players out there that are... They don't give a fuck about anything but what common cards are printed. Oh, yeah, I know. I Like, Rupert's one of those players that is just like, oh, it, does this have rare on it? I don't give a shit. Give me the ones with no color in their, their little symbol. Yeah, it's gross. Like, those cards are just dumb. And, and that's just... Blue should never have the Monarch. I think that is probably a mistake. That both of these cards were printed. Probably. But there are also just some very good 
commander cards in blue in this set. A Ligigath or a Ligath crossroad auger. Yeah, that is particularly one that I was thinking about. You get to turn your scries into draws? Are you serious? Hey, uh, Ancestral Recall Preordain, what's up? Oh, lol, that Preordain's also in this set. Yeah, I saw that too. That's like, <laughs> just, and it's a six mana, five, six flyer. Cool. Like if you, cool ever, if you ever open this card in limited, you just slam that, like windmill slam that onto the table and then take every single preordain. Cause you're anything that says scry. Yeah. Your preordains are just going to get you to this before you cast it. And then when you cast it, well, your additional preordains your are ancestral. It'll be out there, won't it? Yeah, until you, like, have the mana to cast it, is what I'm saying. Oh, I got Like, it'll scry you into the things that get you to casting your commander. And then once you cast it, your additional preordains are just recalls. That's fucked. That's so good. Yeah. What is uh, preordain? It's common. Preordain is a common. <laughs> sure. So it's not unlikely that if you get this guy early, you can just pick up, like, four preordains. If you just prioritize that, like, number one over yeah, which isn't a bad thing to do. And then also on top of that, you have like unspeakers, scry two. There's that uncommon card I saw that's three. And then draw cards equal to that card. Well, they would not trigger the scry. You would just draw them. So that's not that great. If you did that. I mean, but it's still draw three cards. For six. Six mana draw three. Actually, it doesn't seem awful. Because assuming when yeah. you can cast that, you're, you have already cast your commander because your commander's already six mana. Already six mana. Like you're just refilling your hand. That's pretty good. No, it's a sorcery. You could probably get away with one of them, especially if you have that as a commander. Like, sure, those are pretty narrow parameters, but it's not going to never happen. Yeah, no, you're right. I also really, really like Sphinx of the Second Sun. At the beginning of your post-combat main phase, you get an additional beginning phase. So you get another untap upkeep draw yeah that's pretty cool that is nuts dude that is so good you just get to that's like it's like sword of feast and famine except for you don't actually have to hit with sword of feast and famine you just get to untap draw another card and just go again that card is fucking gross yeah just let it rule yeah that's kind of wild yeah i foresee that being a pretty popular commander for blue players because like what more does a blue player want to do in commander than be able to play their cards and then also keep mana open for counter spells. This card lets you do that in spades. Yeah. Just play your other thousand sphinxes and then untap all your lands and then be like, oh, I also get to keep up my counter spell and my force of will. And I get to keep up all my other like cantrips in my hand that are instant speed. Like that's pretty good. Yeah, it's definitely not a bad thing. Just in general. Now we can move to black. If that that's all the blue ones we, we have in our minds. Again, this is just cards that are immediately jump out to us as either really cool or really powerful. Holy fuck, dude. I didn't even see this thing. Oh, are you talking about black cards? Yeah. Oh, boy. Black is stacked to the ceiling in this set. Yeah, this I found them going to be stupid in eternal formats. What is that? Um, Opposition agent. Is this the first time you're seeing opposition agent? Yeah unbelievable i can't believe we get the very first just your gut reaction to opposition agent because this has been the talk of the town since this card was jesus christ dude three mana three two flash human by the way throw that in there um you control your opponents while they're searching their libraries 
That effect doesn't start there. No, it just um, exists. While an opponent is searching their library, they exile each card they find. You may play those cards for as long as they exiled. Spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast that. What the fuck? Yup. Right now, this is a three-way tie for my favorite card in the set. Oh, God, that's going to be super strong in vintage. I am absolutely floored that this card is not white. Because this card could be white. And it would be so fitting. For death and taxes. Well, I mean, just in general, right? Play white, black, death and taxes. Like, there's already, a, play. there's already a card that exists in Magic that is three mana, that's white, that has a very similar ability to this besides the second half of this card. The flash and then controlling what your opponent does when they search. Even Mind Sensor. Nope, that only lets them search. You get to... That's what, but that's what I'm saying. Like, Aven Mindsensor has flash and then controls the number of cards that your opponent searches when they crack uh, a fetch yeah, or I they guess. cast a tutor. Yeah, I guess that aspect they do. This card has a very similar effect to that, albeit this is much more powerful than Aven Mindsensor. But White already has that that capability of controlling your opponent and taxing your opponent as far as searching their library. Leon and Arbiter, even Mind Sensor are perfect examples. The fact that this card is black, one, I think dismisses the color ply altogether. And two, it just like, as a white player, like just make this card white for fuck's sake. Come on. That thing's really strong. I can't believe I, oh, wizards. Uh, yeah, outside of me bitching about it not being white, I absolutely love this card because one of my least favorite things in Commander and listeners of the podcast will know this, and also my friends will know this. I think tutors are so against the core concept and core competencies of Commander. This card shutting tutors down entirely is one of my favorite things a card has ever done. Like, well, it oh, it doesn't shut them down. It just makes them a benefit them, for you. Yeah, it makes them awful. They're so bad, which is fine. Like, if this just said, like, you get to search for your opponent's library... Like, you control your opponent when they're searching their library and just stop there. I would still be happy with this card. Could you just be like, okay, you cast a tutor. Uh, look, 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 look. I get to see your deck. Also, fail to find. Shuffle it up. I would be totally content with that. The fact that it has the second part tacked onto it. It's wild. That is gross. That makes this card really disgusting. I don't think it's going to have any impact in Legacy because it is three mana. The, the only, only thing way they really do is shut down. It shuts down combo decks too, right? Like any of the tutor-based combo decks, uh, like Infernal yeah, like Tutor decks. Storm. And but the, even then, like Doomsday, like cast Doomsday into this and you, you just laugh like, oh, okay, uh, you get land, 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 you're dead. But like, god damn, this card is so good. In Legacy, your opponent's already done the things by the time you get three mana to cast this. So playing a fair game of Magic, this does nothing. No, In Vintage, fair. though. That's where I think this is really good. You can like turn one this thing and your opponent is a lot of the times dead in the fucking world. Yeah, because like they have mystical, uh, enlightened sometimes. Fetch lands. Fetch lands, yeah. Like and if you get to turn one this lands. on the play. Tinker. You just wasteland your opponent for like uh, turns because it's a fetch well, land base advantage. Tinker real bad. Oh, that Rex tinker. They <laughs> just sack something you just <laughs> fail to find. Is. Well, no, you go. Or no, you get a mox. You get to, you get to, or a lotus or whatever. I'll definitely be picking up some of those. It's yeah. I think. What else is... did you uh, see in black here? Uh, Vamp tutor, notable reprint. Yeah, Vamp tutor is really good. Um, but again, I hate fucking tutor, so like, fuck that card. I do really, really like, and this is more of just like a pet card for me. I love profane 
uh, transfusion, six and three black, two players exchange their life totals, and then you make a horror equal to the difference. Pretty cool. That is a commander card through. Like, that card is why I like Nine mana spell, yeah. It's just like a big dumb thing that does a big flashy thing that it just changes the whole entire texture of the game. That's why you should be playing commander because this play would never see play any other time. Mana. Yeah, you want to be able to get to your, your nine mana spell, cast your nine mana spell. It does this real fucked up crazy thing. Everybody at the table laughs, drinks their beer, eats another slice of pizza, and then you continue on with your life. And then like a couple months down the road, you and your buddies are sitting there doing something else and you all just have a laugh when somebody's just like, hey, you remember that one time that uh, so-and-so was completely just devastating everybody in the game and then you cast that profane transfusion and then made their life total two and you got a 8-8 and then your next turn you attacked them with that 8-8 and killed them? That was awesome. That is what Commander's all. And profane transfusion just makes those moments. Nine mana spells it was about. Absolutely. More nine mana spells. Um, new Planeswalker. It's kind of kind of wild. That Planeswalker is pretty good. We're talking about um Tavesh. Tavesh is not Doom of Fools. He is also one of the like big lore character that we're seeing now finally printed into cards, which there are a ton of them. We haven't touched on any of them so far. Either they just haven't made like a profound impact, but I think it's fair to mention that this set does have a good amount of fan service. When it comes to giving players actual versions of cards of characters that have been beloved for a while. I was talking sure. with one of my close friends, actually friend of the podcast and past co-host, Rupert, about how these characters have kind of made their way into this set. And like the value that has, it does seem like some of that value has been kind of taken away that some of these cards have partnered. Actually, a lot of these cards have as a mechanic. Yeah, I noticed that most of the legendaries have partner. Which and that's sure, just to make drafting. Yeah, it's it's built in for the limited format, right? Like like you said, it's so that if you draft a two color deck, you aren't just dead because you didn't find a commander for your second color. But still, like these are some big standalone characters in the history of magic. Some of which aren't really known for their ganging up and joining other things like they're these very solitary standalone characters flavor wise the partner thing doesn't really do them justice like in what world is tavesh ever going to be a partner with like let's say the the one cobalt when you want a red black deck yeah but that's not a very flavorful addition no, to the game. i agree flavor if there was another way to make this limited format work and not have all of these important characters have partner, I would have much happier. But again, it's a nitpicky thing, but it is something that has, since it was brought up to me, that is a nagging, nagging thought. Yeah, I get it. Because a lot of people want to play Commander for that lore and like the theme. Absolutely. Like, like lore and flavor are a big part of Commander. Flavor, that's the one. You can't play a very flavorful, a very themey deck. To say, you gotta keep it themey, bro. You can't keep it very themey in a lot of formats. Commander is the place where you can do that. And it takes a little bit away from the theminess if you're just like, oh, my my commander that is this very significant player in the lore is now just partnered with this no-name fuck that nobody that gives actually, a shit about. It actually uh, made me chuckle because the one picture I sent you 
it was like, oh, my deck is super tuned and like hyper efficient. And then it like scrolls to a commander player. It's like, I built a deck with people with all muscles. <laughs> yeah, like this, this is every single art in my deck is somebody with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, that's, that's commanded I me. Mean, it's like, I built Which I love that. That, that is why yeah. commander so sick. Speaking of themey cards that I'm pissed that they have partner on them because I fucking, I've learned more about this character in the past 24 hours than I knew before. And now this is my favorite character in the history of magic. We're moving to red now. I am talking about Crork the Thumbless. I gotta go to red. This is tied in that three-way tie for favorite card in the set because of the flavor in this card. It is a juicy, delicious bomb of flavor. It's like, it's like a gusher. You remember Gushers? Do they still make Gushers? I think they make Gushers. Oh, this is a coin flip card. Hell yeah, well, Clark's Thumb is the oh, one that gives yeah. you an additional flip. Thumbless. This is the motherfucker without thumbs now. Cause That's he, fantastic. Because Cork's Thumb is the actual black border card, and then they made a Cork's Other Thumb into Silver Border, and now you have this asshole who now just doesn't have a fucking thumb. And apparently in his lore, he lost his thumb, or both of his thumbs, gambling. Double or nothing is the flavor text. That's fantastic. That's exactly what it was. Cause he lost one of his thumbs and then he lost his other thumb. And then he was like double or nothing. I will. I bet you that I can go to the other side of Mirrodin and then come back. And if I do, then you give me back my thumb and the, the whoever he bet was just like, yeah, totally dude. He went and like wrote a book about his journey, came back, got his thumb and then was executed because of treason because of the book that he wrote. And now he has like a following of Quark because of like following, like making his journal of that journey is like a Bible. Like what a cool fucking character. And also degenerate yeah, gambler. I can relate with that. Cause I'm also a degenerate gambler. So yeah, it's fantastic. Everything about Quark from like his, his name to the fit in with other cards to the actual card itself, like aiding you with coin flips to the flavor text of double or nothing. Everything about this card is perfect. Another red card, front runner for most confusing card in the set, Wheel of Misfortune. Yeah. I would say we should read this card to try to give it some context, but instead let's just try to explain this card. Because reading the card turns out does not explain the card in this case. Because this is a mouthful. Yeah, I, I can take this one. Each player secretly chooses a number greater than zero. Then reveal those numbers. Will of Misfortune deals damage equal to the greatest chosen number to each player that chose it. Then, each player who didn't choose the smallest number discards their hand, then draws seven cards. So you want to draw the middle number. Ideally, yeah, you want to be middle number guy. You definitely don't want to be lowest number guy. And ideally, you don't want to be highest number guy. You want to find that sweet spot. You want to hit the pocket. This is a very creative way to get around the uh, reserve list, I think. Creative, but not nearly the same. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about something else that gets around the reserve list a little bit later. But this is like the perfect card for Commander. Like it gives that like little inside gaming sub game thing game where it's like, section. OK, for as this card is on the stack and as it's resolving, we're going to forget that we're playing magic and we're going to do something different now. You yeah, all yeah. pick a fucking random number and then we're just going to play a game with. I love cards like this. That's why I play like that mono red commander deck on Magic Online and why I'm like going to build it in person when person games are a thing that people do. And this card's just an auto include because like, let's say you, me and two other players are sitting at a commander table 
I cast this card. Everybody picks a number. I pick five. You pick four. Another player picks three. Another player picks one. I would lose five life. And then you, the person who picked three, and then me who picked five, would all wheel a fortune. The person who picked one gets nothing. Yeah. You gotta be willing to gamble. Yeah. Which, like, if we're gonna be 100% honest, this card has potential to see play in those in, in eternal formats. Potentially. Because, like, there's a, there's a couple, there's, like, a lot of times where you can just be, like, um, 19, and you just knock yourself down to one, and then you're the only person who gets to wheel. Like, I mean, there, <laughs> that's, there's worse things you could do with 19 life and three mana. I didn't think of it in that aspect. I thought of it only, like, in a burn deck. Oh, that's also def- definitely a real thing. Yeah, it's just, okay, I'll refill my hand, and if you want to take 10, cool. That also helps. And generally, burn is hitting itself, so they could be the one who says, okay, I'll do 19. Yeah, in, like, a blue deck matchup, this could be just the card that, like, deals a shitload of damage to your opponent, or just refills you to the point where you can finish them off through their their dazes and their force of wills and their force of negations. That's actually, re- yeah, that's that's definitely a thing that you can do. So that's to me that we both went a different way. But I think both 100% reasonable ways to consider this card in non-commander formats. Yeah, this might be another thing that I pick up. What's, are there any other red cards that you are particularly attached to? The red uh, Planeswalker, interesting. Oh, Jessica, she finally gets a Planeswalker. That's actually kind of exciting. Um, It's almost like an aggressive, like, imagine partnering this with the, the Kobold. Oh, yeah, that's actually sick, because, of, of course, Jessica also has fucking partner. Because that's what you want yeah. out of, like, a flagship Planeswalker commander. You'd be able to pair it with something else that is less so. But she is, like, the quintessential, like, aggressive Planeswalker. Like, cheap mana cost, gets to do the damage thing. And gets bigger as the game goes. Yep, and just gets to do things. Like, she's pretty good. I guess we should mention the Kobold dude. Yeah, he definitely fits into the red and not the color. He is one of the my favorite characters. Oh, is he in the color? I was like, why can't I find him? But that makes yeah. sense. It is so... Ragraw, son of Ragraw. Zero mana, yes. 01, first strike, menace, trample. He also has partner for zero fucking mana, baby. Gotta stay on Cobalt theme. Absolutely. And the flavor text, strength is relative. Yeah, fantastic. What a killer card. What a, like, what a cool thing that they did. I'm real happy with it. Outside of that, uh, more really red things pop out. I'd like, just from uh, my personal aspect, I like one of the uncommon guys, Togo Goblin Weaponsmith. Two and a red for a 2-2 Goblin Artificer, legendary creature. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you create a colorless equipment named Rock with... Equip creature has one tap it, sacrifice rock, deal two damage to target creature or planeswalker. It's very themey for goblins. The most goblin artificer I've ever seen. It's just like, oh, this rock, this is an equipment. Here, have this. Yeah. And just somebody else picks it up and just like, okay, throws it, deals two damage. That is perfect. Yeah, it's spot on. That is the steamiest shit on the planet. But I think I, that's good for red. You want to move to some green cards now? Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm looking. There's not really a whole lot that pops out. I'm not overly pleased with green so far. We do still have some more spoilers to come out. I love the three wishes reprint or three visits reprint. That card is so good. 
And I think the last time it was really printed was like Portal 3K. Find it here. So that's a good reprint. Here we go. The three visit. Yeah, that's a very good reprint. I also think that uh, Kadama of the East Tree, that card's dumb. Okay. Yeah, that that gets stupid real quick. Yeah, that's just like the perfect commander for I want to cast big dumb shit. Yeah. It's kind of like a cascade on there. A little bit, which also Cascade is a theme in this in this set, too. Yeah. There are some kind of sub themes in this, like Monarch is kind of a sub theme. Cascade is kind of a sub theme. There are flavorful little commander, I guess, like commander centric things that I it's just a nice little touch. But the fact that Kodama has a card is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I agree. Also, um, Kamal, Heart of Karosa. I think that card's pretty powerful. It's the mythic human druid that at the beginning of combat, creatures you control get a plus three, plus three and gain trample. And then, and then for one in a green, until the end of turn, target land you control becomes a one, one. It's still a land. And you can just, it, it's, it has vigilance and indestructible and haste, because of course it does. And for, you can just do that as many times as you want for one in a green. Yeah, and green, you're always ramping, so you're going to have me play around with. That's what I'm saying. Just pump out just a bunch of them lands. Into fucking four fours. Yeah, pump out a bunch of lands. Make them four fours. Uh, attack. What more could you want in green? This gets uh, really wild, guys. Crazy. Oh yeah, because you're just making so much mana with your with all of the creatures that you have, and then you're just like, oh, I'm just instead going to make all my lands creatures now, and just uh, get sideways. And I'm sure it, of course, has partners, so you can probably do something to untap them. Absolutely. But that's, I, th- I mean, I think that's good for green. I think we moved to colorless. Colorless is pretty, I mean, it's pretty underwhelming. There's some really great reprints. Like, we got Scroll Rack. That's like a $100 reprint. We got Staff of Domination, which is like a $60 reprint. Arcane Signet's always good to see. Commander Sphere's always good to see. We're going to have the Diamond Cycle, which I really like. Um, You're missing a very, very big big colorless card oh yeah the rings of bright hearth reprint yeah that's a good nope. one too that, that's not the oh ramos that's another good reprint yeah you're right yeah, there are a bunch of good reprints about Mander Black Lotus. oh you're talking about jeweled lotus you're right i totally forgot about the fucking black lotus that they printed in the set jesus christ what is life so it's literally black lotus only you can you know what here's a little funny story about jeweled lotus um, I was on the phone with a couple of my buddies today. We were on a discord call and I asked one of my friends, Zach, he's been on the podcast. Uh, I was like, Hey, have you been keeping up with commander spoilers? He's like, no, I haven't. I was like, Oh, you're going to want to look at that. They printed a commander black Lotus. He's like, Oh, like a black, like what, like a kind of black Lotus. I'm like, no, a commander black Lotus. He's like, no, what do you like, mean? Spot on I'm like, commander black Lotus. yeah, like think about what would be a commander black Lotus. And it's closer to Black Lotus than your your brain is imagined. Because like if somebody would just be like, hey, uh, they printed a Commander Black Lotus, I'd be like, oh, what is it like a two mana artifact that you can like do some funky stuff with? No, it's it's actually just a zero mana artifact that you can sack and add three mana of a chosen color and you can only use it to cast your command. It's factual, factual play, Commander Black Lotus. Comes into play untapped. And it's not legendary. Which I thought was interesting. Well, yeah, I guess you can copy and stuff, but... Yeah, because you know, decks that are playing artifacts never have the ability to copy anything. No, see, you know. That is a hell of a card. Now, the power level of this, I'm not entirely sure of. For competitive commander, this is just like an auto-increase. 
Because if you can yeah. have this and just power out your commander, you're probably just going to win that game. But, like, I don't like that. I don't like playing that. I think I think you're right. It's not going to be so stupid broken. But if you think that Soul Ring is an auto-include, this is a thousand percent in just commander in general. I would say this is more closely con- comparable to if you're putting Mana Crypt in all of your commander decks, then this is also going into all of them. Less so than Soul Ring. Because Soul Ring is easily yeah, accessible. If this card is not going to be easily accessible. This card's going to be over $100 for its entire existence. Well, it's already over, it's like a buck fifty or something. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not, not going to get gonna go down in price. Absolutely not. But like, I am very much like a, a beer and pizza commander player. That commander is just the reason that people are getting together. Like we're doing commander, but we're also just there just to hang out and drink beers and just like laugh and have a good time. This is not a card conducive to that environment because the second somebody like turn ones, this, if you're at an, or if you're in an environment that is a beer and pizza environment, everybody's going to be like, who's this fucking out? Like get this guy out of here. And they're going to drag you out by the back of your shirt and just throw you outside. And then people, the rest of the people are just going to sit there and have a good time. This is not a good time card. Definitely not. It's definitely of the competitive nature. So if you're a commander spike, uh, be very happy and also start pinching pennies so you can buy this. But if you're like me, uh, just completely brush past this card because I, I don't care about it. I probably won't go out of my way to buy it, but if I ever get super commander again, I probably. This does seem like a Mac card. Well, fuck yeah, dude. Why would it not? <laughs> you make a fair point. But I think now let's move to the multicolor card, because if we're going to be honest, multicolor that's the bread and butter. Absolutely. And it has my favorite card. Oh, I finally get to hear it. What is your favorite card in this set? Uh, it. So have you ever seen, I'm going to give you a hint. Have you ever watched Kung Fu Panda? Kung Fu Panda. I have seen Kung Fu Panda. And I think I know All where right. you're going with this. Master Ugwe, also in this, Archelos Lagunas. Archelos is also in the top three of my favorite cards in the set. It's Archelos, the black uh, card. One Sultan. Yeah, it's Archelos, the black card that makes people not be able to tutor. And then uh, Cork are my three favorite cards in the set so far. I fucking love Archelos so goddamn much. So this is a legendary creature, Turtle Shop. Said it's one and Sultai, black, green, blue. As long as Archelos Lagoon Mist is tapped, other permanents enter the battlefield tapped. As long as Archelos is untapped, other permanents. And the best part, the flavor text, life is not a race. The tours and the hair. The fact that they put the ellipses in the flavor text, perfect. I can't tell you how bad I want to make a stack stack with this guy. I This is why we have the podcast together, because you and I both love this card, but for very different reasons. You want to do degenerate shit and make a stack stack with it. I just want to have this guy and get to play like just things that go get lands out of my deck and put them on the battlefield tap, but then they're untapped. Like I want to get to play my Kadama's Reach in my evolving wilds and stuff like this and just be able to get my mana then that's the one oh, that's, that's the reason too. why i want to play that's pretty good too i didn't think why. yeah because i'm the nice guy and you're the asshole you're just like everything that you do is now worse and i just want to be like everything i do is now spun <laughs> that's that's the dichotomy if you can manipulate this guy to untap 
game on. I just want to cast explosive vegetation after I cast this guy. That's all I've ever wanted to do. See, I want to have this guy tap during everyone else's turn and untap it before my... Well, I guess, no, it would just untap it untaps itself, during your untap step, yep. No, this my guy is card. sweet. But also, I think that that conversation that we just had about me wanting to do a thing and then you want to do a very, very, very different thing speaks to the thought that went into creating a card like Archelos. Like, it's very simple the way that the card reads. It's not complex at all. Like, reading it explains it. But you can take it in so many different directions and do so many different things. You can do the degenerate stacks thing or you can do just the fun, like, I get to play all of my mana and then get some kind of value back from that and just get to continue to go and have fun. And it's from the same card. That's so sick. Just so you know, I'm going to make a mana deck out of this dude and I'm going to call it Turtle Power. He's the fu- he is the Master Splinter of the uh, the turtles, except for Master Splinter was a rat. This is a, this is Master Uguay. If that I'm going to make it like Kung Fu. I don't think there are any pandas in Magic yet. But if you, if they do print one, you I'm forcing you into playing a Kung Fu Panda Commander deck. I will make you have fun if it's the last thing that I do. I think there are some pandas. Really? Creature type panda? I feel like that's not uh, something that exists. But there are some other cards in this multicolor thing. It's not it's it's not only the turtle shaman. There is also no, a Vashino shaman. No, dude, the Vashino shaman, Vorlock, the Scorch Thrasher, one and Jund for a 4-4 vigilance. A player loses untapped or unspent mana, causes that player to lose that much life. And then for one generic and tap it, each player adds Jun to their mana pool. It's the mana burn commander. I think that is so sick. Yeah, that is pretty cool. It absolutely like hosts Crufix, which is my all-time favorite. But it's just so fun. That is such a cool new take on a commander. Some reprints as well, like a lot of commander reprints. Oh, yeah. There are actually a lot of the colorless or the multicolor commanders that they're printing in this set. I'm really happy with the, the, the way that they're adding commanders to this. Like, oh, yeah, because you get one of these like three color ones, just pick up another one. It's probably much easier to cast. Yeah, I mean, you get our cellos like we just talked about that has a lot of application in different things. You get the tree folk shaman which does a very unique tree folk style thing like it's another take on the tree folk archetype but also just good with just a general toughness deck uh that's colfenor the last you yeah like that's a very cool take on the tree folk archetype you also have blim uh comedic genius which is a very cool take on the chaos archetype oh there no the chaos bloom is pretty dope too absolutely like they have so many cool Different takes on some of the favorite archetypes in Commander. One of my personal favorites is uh, Lysa, Shroud of Dusk. Yeah, that one's pretty sweet. First of all, Death and Taxes Commander, so sign me the fuck up. Second of all, in the lore, Lysa is the fourth and final angel from the Innistrad angel cycle. It's the one that Avacyn, it's like the evil angel that Avacyn killed. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so this is so she's the sister of uh like Brea, Gisela, Sagarda. She's the fourth one, but she like turned and Avison killed her before the lore actually picked up and like cards got printed. The fact that she has a finally represented card gets me so stoked. And she's rather good 
as far as like a death and taxes commander is concerned. Yeah. Um, flying lifeline. You can use life instead of paying mana to recast it. Pretty dope. Sign me up. I believe this is the completion of the, like the battle bond. Yeah, it is. Tap lands, right? The dual lands. Yeah. The battle, or so yeah, the battle bond, like untapped. They enter the battlefield two or more opponents. Which are just legitimately the perfect duels for commander. Yeah, so blue, green, or white, red, blue, red, green, blonde, white, blue. I love that they so, completed yeah, the cycle. Yep, yeah, I figured it was our time, and this is the perfect spot to do it. And we're also getting some valuable reprints in Commanders. Like, command, command Beacon. Yep, Command Tower, Command Beacon. Command. And Path of Answer Street. Command Tower been printed like a thousand times. Yeah, Command Tower is literally in every... It's in every Commander set, but the fact that people can get it after not having to purchase it online or buy a Commander deck, they can just get it That's kind of nice. It's common, too, so that's pretty sweet for drafts. Absolutely, and Myriad Landscape's another one that you can now get in packs. Yeah. But let's talk about the actual land that is sweet. Yeah. War room yeah this one's pretty dope so I'll it's the best white card in the set yeah let's uh wait a minute you could play this outside of commander um i actually don't know how that rules works it checks to see the so i guess we can ex- or read it for and yeah let's read it first it. yeah so war room is a land it taps for one generic and it also has three tap it pay life equal to the number of colors in your commander's color identity Draw a card. Uh, it's a cool one. Never mind. Because you have to well, have a commander. Do you though? I think you do. I think that's probably a game rules interaction that, like, if you don't have a commander, you can't activate it. I don't know. Smarter will have to answer that question. Be cool if not. Judge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but still, the fact that this is just colorless card draw in any deck, like you get card draw for free, or well, not for free, but for three mana, tap this card draw in a colorless deck and in like a white deck you get card draw for three and one life and in a white green deck you get card draw for three and two life sign me up this card is sick absolutely it's pretty fantastic i feel like that's just kind of an auto include in a lot of commander decks just as just a land that produces mana that can also draw you a card yep especially considering the decks that want this are the decks that aren't multiple colors, so you're not paying a bunch of life, which also means that you have room in your mana base to put a colorless land in. Most decks squeeze a couple colorless lands. Yeah, I mean, the ones that oh, are the five-color decks and the four-color decks, but those are usually going to have access to blue, which means they're yeah, going to be able so to draw the cards anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, this, I mean, that's just a very good, well-thought-out card. So, overall, so what are your... Uh... What do you think? Yeah, what do you think about the set? Um, overall, I like it. Seems really good, especially if you're into Commander. Um, definitely pretty positive overall. I could not agree more. This set looks sick. There are some cards that got people up in arms, like the Lotus, that are obviously very, very powerful. But that's the beauty of Commander, and the thing that we don't have to worry about if you are a Commander player, where in sets like a, a standard legal, if a card comes out that is disgusting, like Euro or something, or like Oko, you can make a big fuss about that card coming out. And that's warranted because you now have to deal with that in standard and modern in whatever format that you're playing until that card's banned. But with commander centric stuff, like you don't have to worry about opposition agent if people don't aren't playing it. 
And if people are playing it in your party, it's only it's one of the them. hundred cards in their deck. You should be able to deal with it relatively easily. It's not like it's a four of and a 60 card deck. Same thing with yeah. loads. And if you're playing with the right people, they just aren't playing those cards anyway because they are there for the fun of it, not for the fucking grief and the competitive nature. You can be competitive, but still like lax about it. Absolutely. I feel like that's where kind of my decks fall into play. Like I have decks that function well, but have the main goal of having fun. Like none of my commander decks are bad by any stretch, but I'm also not yeah, playing they, cards that are busted. Yeah. And like you said, they, they're good, but you're a dick. I would be. Yeah, true. Like if I sit down at a table with a bunch of like CEDH players, I have my work cut out for. Am I saying that I can never win those games? No. Am I really, really unlikely to win those games? Yeah, fuck yeah. I'm, there's not a, a great chance. Yeah, like when I have competitive decks, you, they're literally designed to make your life miserable and me win quickly, where that's not necessarily the spirit of Commander. Yeah, that's not the point. But Commander's that perfect place where you get to decide. Yeah. Exactly. Standard is not that place. Modern is not that place. Commander is that place. So if they're printing cards that aren't for you in this set, this is the perfect place for them to do it. Yep. So there's no point in getting salty and pissy about it. That's why I think this set is so great. They can print cards for every type of commander player. And the if it's not for your type of commander player, you literally just get to ignore that. Instead of this card having 361 cards in it, now this card, now this set has 360 cards in it. Like, just forget about that card existing. Yeah, absolutely. Is this going to be like conspiracy where it's like, for 1v1v1 i believe so do not quote me on that though i actually don't know the exact answer i think just from my just brain recollection i think that's how it's planned to be i don't know for certain either way it's i think i'm assuming it would be because it's a mander you know it's not like a normal draft set yeah i know it's like it's 60 card decks and the singleton doesn't apply yeah but and you do have a commander. I think you are going to be playing this if you draft an eight-person pod. It's going to be two pods of four people. Well, yeah, that's how conspiracy works. Exactly. Yeah. And which is great. I think that's how it should be done. I think overall, yeah, if we're going to give our patented fetch and shock one through ten grading scale on that, I am honestly, I'm giving this set like at this point, this set has something for everybody in commander. This sets like an eight. Not only it has stuff for people outside of Commander 2. Yeah, true. Like, granted, Vampiric Tutor's not legacy legal, but the opposition agent is, and there's some, some other stuff that people would potentially play in other formats and has reprints of stuff like Preordain. Granted, it's not super expensive, but... It's a no, reprint. but it does have, it does have like, the... the uh... Court of Cunning, which we said could be potentially, or it's going to be a legacy staple. That Fall of Favor is going to be a popper staple. We even mentioned that the Wheel of Misfortune could see play in other formats. Like, it doesn't have nothing for other players. No, exactly. No, this set is sick. Hopefully it gets better. We do have another week, and we will be covering that next week. But as of I now, I am I'm pretty high on it. Part. Are you getting, what, are we getting down with the sickness? Wow. <laughs> incredible no i agree it's up it's like a seven and yeah so shout out commander legends hopefully they don't let us down in the last uh half of the set that needs to get force fed to us but shout out to wizards actually doing something great for once proud of them well you know they they push commander pretty hard so. that's true if you focus on one thing 
and you release the first limited set of that one thing, it better be pretty fucking good. And it is. It's yeah, you, to their credit. You can't screw you can't mess or screw it up. Very true. Well, let's be very clear they could. But they oh, they definitely it, could. Think. It's definitely not beyond them to fuck something up this important. But uh, they didn't. They did it. Well, Matt, there's only one more thing to do this episode. What is that? You crazy bastard. That is our game. We got to play some accumulated knowledge, my dude. AK for life. Hell yeah. So accumulated knowledge, for those of you who are not familiar, is a game we like to close out the episode with, where we go to the Scryfall website, and we hit the random card generating button. A random card pops up, and one of us asks the other the name of that card. They have to get the convertible mana cost of that card. If they get it right, they get a point. If they get it wrong, they never get to play a game of Commander ever again. That's Which luckily you're going, because I think you can live you. with that. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. You're going. So there's a lot less on the uh, the line for you as opposed to if I was. But Matt, you get, we're going to get two hints, because you're back in the swing of things. Okay. Two hints, Matt. Are you ready for your first card? I suppose so. Your first card is Veteran Warleader. This sounds strong. Sounds like a Boros. I don't even think I want to waste a hint on it. I'm going to go one white red. One white red. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Matt, it is one white green. Ah, son of a... Yeah, Veteran Warleader. Matt, it's an ally. Oh, I hated fucking Battle for Zendikar. It is Battle for Zendikar. One white green for a human soldier ally. It's power and toughness is equal to the number of creatures you control, and you can tap another ally you control, and it gains your your choice of first strike, vigilance, or triple until the end of turn. I only liked specific cards out of there. I didn't like drafting a set. No, if we're going to be 100% honest, this entire set was garbage. You got the draws, and that's about it. Yeah, it was not very good. That was a pretty tough one. Are you ready for your second one? Yeah, I suppose so. I don't think this one's particularly easy either. Spellbinder. Fuck. This is one of the ones where I would read you the flavor text, but it has none, so I can't. So it's either really old or really wordy, or both. I'll tell you what, it is one of those two things. Could be both of those too. Here's a free hint. It only has one printing. Oh, that helps. <laughs> I have to get four out of five, don't I? You do. All right, what's this thing do? <laughs> so Spellbinder, first off, it has imprint. Whenever Spellbinder enters the battlefield, you may exile an instant card from your hand. And it says, whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you may copy the exiled card. If you do, you may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. The equip cost is four. Is either Commander or Darksteel? Is that what I think those are the two that it's... I think there's a couple other do have imprint. Because there's the, the good imprint card where something two or less you less and cast it. There's Mimic Fat too. It's not Mimic. It is not Mimic Fat. It turns out the card that you are uh, trying to guess is actually Spellbinder and not Mimic. Read it to me again. So it has imprint for instant. And it says whenever the equipped creature deals damage to a player, you get to copy that instant spell and pay and uh, play it as a copy without paying its mana cost. And the equip is four on it. So that is another subtle hint that this is an equipment. Yeah, it's an artifact. I got that. At first, when you said Spellbinder, I was going to say two and a blue, but thankfully I got a hint. That motherfucker does sound like a blue card, if we're going to be 100% honest. I would have 100%. Without any hints, I would have said this is... I'm going to go four colorless. 
five. You said the equip is four. Correct. Let's get, I'm going to go with three colorless now. Four colorless. Three colorless. Final answer. Don't hesitate. No surrender. Three is your final answer? Yeah. Spellbinder is three mana. Jesus Christ. I can't you believe it. You lucky that. bitch. Yeah, that was a thousand percent luck. I can't believe it. I was going to go five, and I was like, eh, that's, that's pretty hefty. Oh, boy. But I think your next not... one is going to be a gimme. Your next card is Resurrection. Oh, that's the uh, the white uh, return creature from the graveyard to play. Um, two white, white. Uh, that is your final answer? Oh, yeah, that that's what it is. Oh, it is. That is exactly what it is. This is the card that has the same background as uh, Mox Jet. Did not know that. Yeah, the background for Resurrection actually bleeds into Mokshek. It's both they're both Dan Fraser art. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he used the same like like board, I believe, to paint them like the same like color palette background thing. A little bit of art lore for you fellas out there, fellas and gals. No, it's for sure a gimme. No, your gimme next one number four is not yeah. as much of a gimme. It is crafty path. That sounds like you made that up. I have never seen this card once before in my entire life, and I would 100% never go. I'm going to risk it to get the biscuit. Two blue blue. Two blue blue. Is that your final answer? You are actually so fucking cool. Really? It is two in one blue. Crafty blue. path mage is two and a blue. Flying? No, it's a human wizard. It's a one one, and it has tap target creature with power two or less is unblockable this i thought it would give something flying follow the path mage man is that the flavor text it is all right pride points pride points here we go woolly luxodon is your final card oh um this is a green idiot um this is from cons i would say matt remembers this card from limited yeah i love this limited this card's not the greatest but it's also pretty good if you can get him get him rolling oh it's like something stupid though <laughs> actually yeah if you're yeah honestly it does have a stupid mana cost you know what i'll give it to you if you get the mana cost or the morph cost of it because one this is for pride and two this is a fucking dumb one um i still have a hint you do is this the six seven creature so you're asking for the power and toughness yeah it is indeed a six seven okay it's uh the morph is five a green the morph is five and a green yes correct can yeah, you give I, me the actual mana cost of it though? i think it's six green green I'm, I'm gonna say i'm gonna give this to you because you got the morph cost the actual casting cost is five green. Ah. but honestly i would take that those pride points to the bank and cash them in because I would have never gotten the morph cost of this in a million years. I've uh, drafted my fair share on silly five color deck. Yeah, but this guy like always dies as a fucking flipped over tutu, right? Like he's just a three mana tutu all the time. I don't know if I've ever uh, flipped this guy. Anytime that I don't, he like morphs them and he just kind of sits around for a bit. I guess, yeah. yeah, if he's just a derpy dude and it's like a long game. I'm just not used to playing long games in Cons of Tarkir Limit. Cons of Tarkir is slow, dude. Oh, I always thought that that format was pretty fast. No, it's pretty slow. Um, there are fast decks, but Outlast is the biggest mechanic in there, and it slows the game down. I just always played the fast decks because, you know, me. Yeah, that's not the, the route to go there. Listen, I chose this path, and I have to follow it. Fair enough. The Crafty Path Mage. Hey, the Crafty Path Mage indeed. Well, Matt, you're the fucking, you're a loser. I am a loser today. <laughs> that means just... I'm the big winner. Well, sure. I'll give it to you. Which means I get the shout out for the week. Unfortunately, you are not incorrect. 
Unfortunately, I don't ever want to. That's fair. Literally Actually, I don't. Bl- I don't blame you for. That. But I think this week we're gonna give a shout out because we talked about a lot of flavor and lore this episode. I want to give a shout out to some of our fellow podcasters from across the pond, and that is the Magic the Flavoring podcast. Again, they're a Magic the Gathering podcast focused on like flavor and lore. I thought it was going to be like a magic cooking show. Oh, imagine. No, that's actually that's going to be some fetch and shock content that we hide behind a paywall. We're going to set up a Patreon that you have to pay. And like if you pay 10 bucks a month, you get to watch. I will drive to Rochester and you and me will cook something and we feed it to uh, the dogs. Finn's too allergic to shit. Yeah, so we have that's the trick though. We have to cook something that is hypoallergenic to your dog because your dog has a thousand different allergies. Fair enough. I can get behind that. That is our that is gonna be the very first fetch and chalk behind a paywall content that we produce. Us cooking dog food. Yep. Pay ten dollars a month. Watch these two idiots get drunk and make dog food. Well, if it's not his specific dog food, it's chicken and rice. Bland ass chicken and rice. Yeah, there's just gonna be it's just gonna be you and me making chicken and rice and feeding it to your dog. Actually, I'd, I'm sure there's people who would pay ten bucks for that. Shit, but I'll if, do it. If you just want free content that isn't me and Matt making chicken and rice, go check out Magic the Flavoring, uh, entertaining podcast. And they, I think they did an episode with Vorthos Mike a while ago, and that was how they found them or how I found them. And yeah, it's pretty good. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, go check them out. That's at FT Flavoring or MT Flavoring on Twitter. It's a pretty cool name. And they got a killer logo too. It's like a cauldron with magic cards behind it. Into it. I can get behind it. All right, dude. Well, that's our shout out. I think we got a couple other shout outs to give, but do you have anything, any input before that? Yeah, dude. I think I'm good. All right, folks. Well, if you like what you heard, head over to the Fetch and Shock Twitter at Fetch underscore Shock. Go give us that a follow. If you want to go follow me, I am at Basic Landbin. If you want to follow Matt, he is at It's Bop. And if you want to join the conversation, you can head over to the Fetch and Shock Discord. You can find that link in the description of this episode or on our Twitter at Fetch underscore Shock. And remember, if you're looking to save money maybe on some Commander Legends, go do that over at FlipSideGaming.com. If you use code Fetch at checkout, you'll get 10% off. That helps out the boys, and it also saves you money. So go do that. Pretty soon. All right, dog. Well, if you got nothing else, you still can't do the yelling at the end. I cannot. My daughter is sleeping. Oh, that's and such a bummer. Could be worse. That's fair. Well, it's not going to stop me. So we will see you later, nerds! <laughs>